Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to Game Pinions episode 31. I'm your host, Calman, and today we're back again for another episode of Game Pinions. So I wanted to start things off by asking each and every one of you a favor. So the podcast has been listened to, and the stats show that people that listen to this podcast tend to stick around for the, the entire duration of the podcast. So I kind of was curious at you know, who was listening in on this podcast, because it seems like it may or may not be the same people each week. So I just wanted to go ahead and just ask you guys if it's possible to head on over to Apple Podcasts and just leave us a review. It doesn't have to be super detailed. It doesn't have to be a five-star review. It doesn't have to be, you know, a paragraph long. You know, just a small, simple review about what you like or dislike about the podcast you know, if you guys really love the podcast, sure, give it five stars. If you think it, you know, needs improvement, then just rate it accordingly. But I just really want to get an idea of who's listening in. And if you guys do end up writing a review, we'll definitely be reading them out on the next episode of Game Opinions, Game Opinions episode 32, and then the following episodes after that, depending on when the reviews go up. If you guys can do that, I am going to be very happy. <laughs> I'll be a very happy boy. And you guys are going to, you know, definitely get your reviews read out here over the, the, the podcast airwaves. So that would be amazing. Once again, you know, if you guys don't want to do it, I still love you. It doesn't matter. You know, there's times where I don't want to really want to do anything. I'd rather just enjoy whatever I'm listening to and, and that's fine. So if you guys don't want to do that, don't feel pressured to do it. Just, you know, sit back and enjoy the show. The fact that you guys are listening in and really you know, sticking around for the duration of the podcast. I honestly can't really ask for much more than that, but if you guys could leave a review, greatly appreciate it. So I wanted to have a little bit of housekeeping, and this is going to be a very small segment. I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm working on a solution to getting my co-hosts in here. You know, I feel settled in now. I feel like I can start really gearing myself towards these next few episodes and and really getting things back on track in terms of getting people in and, you know, getting TJ back on, maybe John back on, and then even Kimberly on as well. And I just wanted to let you guys know that heading into 2020, we are going to make a really strong push to get our YouTube active and not with not just with podcasts, but with other types of videos as well, other types of, of content. 
And, you know, we're going to try our best to head into 2020 on a really positive note. I feel like we have made a really good stride this year. Um, you know, I think from 2018 was really just a, a learning year. I feel like we were a lot more consistent this year. Obviously, we need to still work on our consistency. Um, but I, I definitely feel very happy with the stuff we've accomplished this year, um, both in terms of, you know, just overall download totals, um, you know, just all the stuff that, you know, we've continued to learn this year and, you know, kind of shape game pinions into something that I think is, you know, turning into something special. At least it's special to me. So I'm really excited. We're going to head into 2020 with a really big bang. We're going to make some noise and I'm really excited. So, you know, if you guys haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe because there's going to be some really neat content on there and we're going to have a really good time. So, um, that's, that's really all I wanted to say about the housekeeping. Just, you know, thanks a lot for listening in though. You know, this podcast has been really therapeutic for me because I sometimes just need to talk and talk and talk and have a really good time, you know, <laughs> thinking about the different games and stuff. And, you know, throughout the work day and the work week, you know, I'm kind of just focused on doing the job and focused on doing the process that, you know, the job entails. So I don't really get a chance to just kind of sit down and just talk about, you know, whatever. So this has been very therapeutic. And the fact that you guys are sticking around through these rants, which is mind boggling to me, it makes me feel like I may be doing something right. And that is a huge confidence booster. It really makes my day. It makes my week. The fact that you guys are tuning in. So really from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about some of the games that I've been playing this week. Now, I don't think I told you guys about this game yet, but it's a game called Death Stranding. You may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> I am still obsessed with Death Stranding, uh, really. It's it's so good, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes here. Um, it is... Oh, it's so freaking good. It really is. I'm, I'm so... The further I get, the more I'm liking the game, which is just, you know... That's that's how a game should be, right? You should be more, you know, and you should be more enticed to play it the longer you play it. It should just continue, continuously like reel you in. Last time I felt like this about a game was probably Spider-Man on the PlayStation Four. So that was considered one of my favorite games of all time, my favorite PlayStation exclusive. So that that's some pretty big praise from me to Death Stranding, and honestly, I may or may not like this game a little bit more. It's hard to say, but I'm super into the game. I'm really, really pumped up uh, that I get to continue to play it, and it's been it's been one of my favorite things to do uh, when I go home. Now, besides Death Stranding, I have made some time for some other games, or maybe just a game in particular. You know, besides my, you know, normal Rocket League and MLB The Show that I occasionally play, some Madden here and there. Haven't really played Call of Duty all that much. I just, it hasn't really clicked with me again, and that's kind of a shame. Um, the other game, though, is NHL. And I think it's NHL 20. It could be NHL 19. I honestly cannot remember. But it's the most recent NHL game that came out most recently <laughs> the most recent game that came out most recently it makes sense right um that game was $30 on PlayStation I think on Black Friday is when I got it so it's you know half off essentially and it's pretty good I was playing uh the C-H-E-L or Chell is what I call it and that's really fun too because you get to play like these three-on-three modes and I've been playing with some friends and I'm terrible <laughs> 
I really am, but it's still fun, you know, you kind of have to position yourself right, and there's different, you know, body styles you can have, different body types, rather, and different, like, player styles, so right now, I'm being an enforcer, and the enforcer kind of brings, like, this physical element to the gameplay, so you get to check people, um, and my enforcer that I, I chose to be is 6'9", 270 pounds, he is a big boy, he is huge, and it is just insane how strong this guy is, you can go up to someone and check them, and they just like ragdoll to the ground, you probably get penalized for it, I got a couple penalties I think from when I was doing it, but it's just hilarious, it's so much fun, it goes against how I normally like to play NHL though, because I'm more of a fan of like the smaller player that is fast, and you can get a lot of separation, and you can, you know, have move, you know, more room to move around. You can maneuver around people, you know, possibly be a little bit more, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit more elusive in front of the goal. I'm more of a fan usually of that, but I've actually really enjoyed using the enforcer. It's very hard to kind of strip the puck away from him because he's just so big. You know, he kind of just bounces off. You know, the other players doesn't really go down. He's just a, a big force to be reckoned with, and it's very interesting having that physical dynamic, you know, mixed together with the other players on the team. So I've been having a really fun time experimenting with the different body types in that game. The game definitely does play a little bit different, I think, in three like three on threes. When you're playing in that mode, you don't really feel the same stick control that you do like in the actual game. It kind of gives you a little extra difficulty layer, though. And it's something to kind of get used to, and it kind of makes you feel like, you know, you kind of have to make your player, you know, built up with, like, the different perks and stuff. So, I've been really enjoying that a lot. That's been really funny. Uh, NHL games, I was, like I told you guys, back in the My Favorite Sports Game podcast, NHL 96 was my, was my game. I am still convinced that back in my prime, I was the best NHL 96 player ever. I'm not even I'm not even lying. I was so good at that game because I essentially cheated, but it was in the game. It was a way to play the game. I just knew when the goalie wasn't going to be covering a portion of the net and I knew how to put it in. So, I'm just saying that I will just to ensure every single one of you the skills from NHL 96 so far have not really translated to NHL 19 or 20, whichever one this is. I think it's 20. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. So I want to just want you guys to rest assured these skills did not transition very well. So, but I'm still having a good time. And that's the most important part. I'm having a really good time and I'm enjoying it. And that's that's the most important thing. So now we're going to talk about the primary news topic today. This is what the podcast is going to be named after. And this is kind of huge because for the first time since, I think, 1990... Let me look this up so I don't ruin it. Since the first time since 1997, July 1st of 1997, MLB The Show is no longer going to be a PlayStation exclusive starting as early as 2021. How crazy is that? This is a big franchise for... PlayStation 2, which is uh, pretty crazy, and originally it was called MLB, just straight up MLB, and then I guess uh, once the show hit uh, 06, it became MLB The Show, 
Uh, pretty insane that this game is not going to be a PlayStation exclusive anymore, but it kind of makes sense. I guess the licensing is up on the MLB license. So, you know, it's there's a lot of different things that I think kind of came into play with this that we'll kind of go over and discuss. Nothing concrete, but it kind of makes sense that there probably was another company that, you know, is smelling the chum in the water and was kind of inching closer to possibly reclaiming the MLB license. <clears throat> EA. Um, <laughs> so this is from the MLB Communications official Twitter. And let me go ahead and pop open this uh, little picture here. It says, for immediate release, MLB, MLBPA, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and San Diego Studios announce multi-year, multi-platform video game partnership extensions. New York, San Diego, December 9th, 2019. Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Players Association, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and San Diego Studio jointly announced today that they have entered into a multi-year extension to continue development and distribution of MLB, the show, the award-winning, officially licensed video game. In addition to the historical, I'm sorry, not the historical, uh, in addition to the historic expansion, the long-standing partnerships will bring MLB The Show for the first time ever to additional console platforms beyond the PlayStation platforms as early as 2021. Complete details will be announced at a later date. San Diego Studio has been creating officially licensed baseball video games enjoyed by millions of fans for more than 20 years with MLB The Show 20, which will feature the Chicago Cubs star uh, Javier Baez, I think that's how you spell his name, or say his name, uh, probably not, as its cover athlete. The studio will be commemorating the 15th anniversary of MLB The Show's franchise next year through a variety of unique promotions and new gameplay features. MLB The Show is officially licensed by the MLB and the MLBPA. Follow MLB The Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest information and updates. Very, very interesting. And both Phil Spencer and Nintendo of America made comments about this. Uh, Nintendo of America showing a little baseball emoji. I could totally go for a Switch version of MLB The Show. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. My favorite way to play MLB The Show was actually on PlayStation Vita. I remember playing it, you know, before my college classes. I'd take my Vita to college. I'd be sitting there playing some MLB franchise. It was amazing. I loved it. Playing on a portable is just so much fun. So considering this is going to be going to a more powerful handheld with a bigger screen, oh man, I will eat that up. Like I, it's, it's, not, it's not even a, a question. That's a day one buy for me. So let's go into a little bit of these game opinions, your game opinions here on the Twitters. This is from at I'm to West Coast. I'll take MLB The Show on Switch. Make it cross-save, please. I like what Sony is doing now. If they made it cross-save, that'd be pretty legit, too. I would like cross-platform. That would be amazing. I, that's that's too much to wish for with Sony. Um, but, you know, I like what Sony's doing now. I don't think Sony really wanted to do this, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think that Sony really would have wanted to avoid this. But I don't think they really had a choice. I think that MLB was going to be taken over by someone else if Sony didn't agree to you know, these terms of it going to the other systems. Obviously, you know, the MLB 
wants this game to be out in the you know wants this game to be available to as many players as possible. So EA probably would have done that. Maybe 2K. I don't know if 2K really would have taken it over. I think I think EA would have been all over this though. Bring back the MVP baseball games. I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Um, so really crazy stuff. And he was retweeting uh, at, at I'm Two West Coast was retweeting Nintendo's America's little baseball tweet there. So this is another one at True Gamer One One One. The worst part of MLB the show going multi-platform isn't that news in itself. It's the people that are always wrong. They'll try to use it to convince others that Sony is going down this road of non-exclusivity. Um, I have seen that too. I've seen a couple people say that. And it's just not true. This is really just the MLB really forcing Sony's hand. It's like they said, you can keep this game and allow it to go to other platforms or we'll give it to EA. That was basically what happened. I can almost guarantee it. I can't prove it, but I mean, come on, you can kind of use two and two and put two and two together where this was just a forced move. I mean, they had to do it and it's not a bad thing necessarily. I think that honestly, if Sony made this game a multi-plat and they, you know, made it, um, when I say multi-plat, I meant, you know, cross-platform online with like, you know, Diamond Dynasty, this would be of some serious, you know, you know what? So, you know, it was really a forced move, in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really do think that it was a forced move, and, and Sony just kind of had to bite the bullet and say, all right, we'll just, we'll do it. At least we're going to be getting some profit back from it. Uh, this is at M underscore Bakovic7. Hopefully I said your name right. I've been known to butcher these, though. I legit bought a PlayStation 4 back in March just for MLB The Show. Now it's coming to Xbox. Don't know whether to be happy or mad. Honestly, it's the PlayStation 4 has amazing games on there. Hey, you can play Death Stranding now. Definitely recommend Death Stranding. Um, and you know what? It's 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 good. You know what? The PlayStation 4 is an amazing system. So is the Xbox One. And now more people get to play the MLB game. And I'll be honest with you. I downloaded RBI. I said this in the past. I downloaded RBI Baseball on the Switch. Man, that game sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's good that they put it out every year. But as a baseball game, it's not good. It's not a good baseball game. It's very casual. The results are always just based on luck. It's not good. Really not good at all. It feels like almost like a scripted baseball game. And I just I don't like it. So now the fact that we're going to be getting legit baseball games across all platforms. You don't have to buy a platform to get it. In this case, I definitely am fully for it. And I'm really happy for the people that don't have a PlayStation 4 that get to play MLB The Show now. It's probably not going to be till next generation. So I think buying your PlayStation 4, if you just wanted MLB The Show, it's okay because you're going to have to buy a next-gen platform anyway to play it because it's not going to be going to Xbox One probably. And I know that I said, you know, Xbox One's a great platform and all that. I don't know if it's going to go to Xbox One. It might go to the next generation of, of Xbox. So, you know, I also kind of... It kind of slipped my mind. I feel like this is more of a next generation type move, but they might put it on Xbox One. We just don't really know the specifics yet, and we'll know that at some point in time in the future. So, you know, there's that. But, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. You know, PlayStation 4 is a great system, has amazing games on there. I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can make up for this, for sure. So let's go to... Oh, wow, that was all I had. Okay, so I guess my thoughts on this, and, you know, I kind of said it 
in there. You know, I think this was an EA move. You know, they were trying to block EA from getting it because EA, you know, if they could, they'd scoop up MLB. I'm pretty sure they would. I am a huge fan, though, of portable baseball. And if Switch gets the MLB, the next MLB The Show or the one in 2021, I'm not going to be mad about it at all. And honestly, this sports games, I think, should be across all platforms. You know, obviously, it's a big franchise for Sony. They're missing out on it. I hope they still get sales numbers for it going multi-plat. I hope, you know, they're still able to maintain that. I would wager to say that, you know, at M underscore back of the seven, I would say that he's probably the outlier here. There's probably not a lot of people that were buying PlayStation specifically for MLB The Show. Now watch, there's probably some statistic out there that completely makes me wrong on that. And there might be. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like, out of all the games, I feel like uh, for them to lose, that one's probably, like, the least important. Because, you know, it's it's just really not majorly important. But these other consoles seriously needed another baseball game to, you know, be able to play. Because RBI just wasn't cutting it. I mean, it's just, it's not a legit baseball game. I'm sorry. It's just not. So, I think this is really interesting. I think... You know, there's no worry for me that Sony's trying to lose, like, exclusivity on other games. And, you know, I heard there was rumblings about possibly, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn going to PC. I just, I don't really feel like that's something that's going to happen. I just don't. Sony's been very locked down with their, you know, with their franchises and IP. They've been the exact opposite of Microsoft, so I wouldn't imagine them doing anything like that. But I think this is exciting, though, for MLB The Show. And it's really... It's kind of revolutionary. It's the first time I think we've really seen, you know, an exclusive franchise last this long and then all of a sudden just go on to another system. I think this is probably the first time we've we've really seen something like this happen. And it's uh it's very interesting, especially something like baseball where there was competitors throughout those years. You had the two K baseball games, you had, you know, a whole bunch of different baseball games, really like backyard baseball, you had MVP baseball. So, you know, you know, you had the the bigs. There was a whole bunch of different baseball games at some point in time. And then eventually MLB The Show kind of ate all that stuff up. And, you know, now we're left with MLB The Show on PlayStation. If you have PlayStation um, or at the time, like a PlayStation Vita or a PlayStation Portable back in the PS2 days, you know, that was pretty much, you know, your go-to thing. But I think even after MVP baseball died, I think 2K still had some rights to the baseball franchise you know, after that point, somewhere along the line, they lost it. And I didn't research that for this podcast. So it's very interesting, though. It's very strange that, you know, that this game kind of maintained that exclusiveness for so long. It feels like such a weird game to be exclusive on a system. I've always kind of felt that. But there was just, I don't know, MLB The Show always had this kind of polish. And part of me, you know, is a little bit concerned that now that they have to bring it to other systems things might be a little bit rushed, you know, things might not be as, you know, good of a quality as we're used to now that you're kind of, you know, spreading yourself thin. And, you know, I feel like most of the systems are very similar to develop for at this point in time, where I feel like it's probably not going to be an issue. I feel like they do pride themselves on making a really solid baseball game. There's certain things I wish they would kind of improve upon. But this is going to be very interesting. My biggest wishes for the game, though, Cross-platform play, I think Diamond Dynasty would be really awesome. I think connected franchise is something they need to add to MLB. 
I think with this movement, I feel like a lot of people to stick around in baseball, they need more modes and more features. And I think a connected franchise with baseball would be very fun. And even connected modes where, you know, you're playing your road to the show, you know, with, you know, multiple players. So you have your player and then you can, you know, play in the same world as the other players. You guys can play against each other and all that. I think it'd be very interesting or maybe on the same team. I think that'd be very fun, something to kind of, you know, rejuvenate the road to the show, even though I think the road to the show is very, very good. And I wish Madden had something like that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, but it's, you know, an EA move that, you know, it's, it's an EA forced move almost because, I mean, if they said no to this, they're going to lose the licensing and then they get nothing out of it. So, and then they're going to have to live with an EA baseball game on their platform after 2021. So that would be bad. That would be really bad. So at least this way, they're still getting something out of it. Maybe PlayStation 4 will have some kind of exclusive modes on it or exclusive features. But the thing is, is that for us as like players, I mean, unless you're all in about like console wars and stuff and you're bragging about a baseball game, I don't really think that you should be too concerned. You know, it's just, it's something where it's still available on PlayStation. If this was just going to other platforms and not PlayStation and PlayStation lost the rights to it, I think I'd be a little bit more upset about that. But the fact that you can still play it, you know, you can still play it and you can still have a good time and you can still enjoy it. And, you know, now other players get to enjoy it too. It's really not going to have a big impact on us. Sony has plenty of other exclusives that will remain exclusive. So don't really worry too much about it. Uh, I'm, I'm really not worried about it, but definitely thought it was interesting. And I would definitely buy the switch version though. No doubt in my mind, that would be a day one buy simple as that. I'd love to buy a switch version of MLB. I would say that like a million times. I'm going to be saying that every podcast from now on MLB, the show on switch 2021. Let's do it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about MLB, the show. Thanks for the tweets out there that I was able to dig up out there on the the Twitters. And I want to go ahead and just, uh, you know, if you guys haven't played past, you know, chapter four of Death Stranding, it's time for you guys to leave. And I'm sorry, but there's going to be some spoilers in here. And I need to, I need to talk about, you know, what's going on. So we're starting right now. So I picked up Death, I picked off, picked up on (laughs) Death Stranding. Um, I ended up going through the parts where, you know, you're, I met Conan O'Brien. I got my little, uh, hood and I got like the sticky gun shipment and all that. And now, uh, I just ended up getting that bomb from, uh, Higgs, the nuclear bomb that was addressed to fragile. We threw it in this giant tar pit, I think near South Knot city or something. I think that's what it was. And you know, it went, it sunk down and blew up and all that. And then we went through this crazy tornado and, oh yeah, we saw what happened to Fragile and it was pretty terrible. I mean, Higgs is kind of a weird guy. Uh, he kind of made Fragile, I guess, attempt to save the city by running through the Timefall rain, which he created. And, it basically made her body all old except for her face. So her face is, you know, the only thing that's really preserved. And he gave like a whole reason, you know, he wants, you know, 
people to remember the face of like the terrorist or the person that failed them or the person that, you know, blew up their city or whatever. So she kind of has to live with that. And it was really messed up, actually. She seems really towards revenge. I think there might be a time during the game where she's going to do some questionable things and things that maybe she shouldn't do just because she's so geared towards revenge and anything that, you know, is going to allow her to get that, that's what she wants. And, you know, she thinks that we can take them, that we're strong enough to beat them. And, uh, you know, we might be. I mean, Norman Reedus is a pretty strong man. Uh, but no, I mean, we, it's it's very interesting. So we, we have kind of, you know, some similar abilities that he has, but him, he's, he has like all these crazy abilities of like summoning like the time fall and doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Like, you know, using his like underworld threads strands to pull like, you know, the BTs around and control BTs. It's really hard to describe what exactly he does, but he has some kind of crazy ability um, which I'm assuming is like beach hopping, which everyone has their beach. So he's like beach hopping similar to what uh, Fragile does. But when he gave us the bomb, he was dressed up as a bridge employee. And I just, it kind of is concerning because now he has access to everywhere. He can appear anywhere and be anywhere. That was in one of our supposedly, you know, safe zones. So he ended up being in our safe zone. So how safe are we really? He could be anywhere. So, you know, that was a bit concerning and a little unsettling. So, you know, that's something we're going to have to probably deal with, I'm assuming, as the game progresses. So after we got to South Knot, though, we went ahead and we went outside and there was a tornado. We got sucked away and it took us to like this war zone. Now, in the war zone, though, however, we see BB's dad. He's there. He seems kind of confused, doesn't know what's going on. He's very intertwined with, you know, all of this, uh, you know, opposite world stuff and, you know, the beach world and, um, you know, the BTs. And he has like these people around him, which, you know, kind of look, I think it was the same number as like the little guardians that you see in the sky, which I thought was really weird. So maybe he's like, you know, connected to that. But, you know, his eyes are leaking like the the tar that you see and it's like what is that and, and what's going on it's like the chiral matter or whatever and it's like I don't really know but he he seemed like he couldn't remember but it also seemed like we weren't really in a real place but I mean they geared us with like assault rifles and pistols like actual assault rifles and pistols so now I'm assuming that our orange suit is going to come in handy and I'm all over the place with this because there's so much going on that I don't really know what exactly is going on. But we have weapons now. So that's a little bit concerning because with all the weapons, it's like if we kill somebody, we have to send, we have to take them to the incinerator. Or I'm assuming take them to this giant tar sea. So it's a little bit, a little bit concerning for sure. And I don't really know what is going to happen from here on out. But essentially, we came back from the tornado and like this vision where BB's dad tried to take BB off of us. And essentially, we came back and Mama, who I don't really remember what her, she's kind of like, a, I don't know, like a technician or something. She develops things. I don't know. Everyone develops something. But she basically said that we were only gone for like a few minutes. Like we weren't gone for, 
for long. We were gone for a long time. She said we just kind of disappeared for a second and now we're back. So they think that it has to do something with our cupids and then the instability of our, you know, our connection because our chiral network is increasing Corellium density, which is making things unstable and making things, you know, messed up. So essentially we could be making the situation worse by connecting all these people. But it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And then Mama also, you know, she shows her scene where basically she was in the hospital, I guess, giving birth. And the building collapsed and it killed her her baby. She was pregnant. It killed her baby. And her baby ended up saving her as a BT. And she also has a connection with the BT. So the baby is not, like, injuring her or anything. And I think the baby was actually breastfeeding in some bizarre type of way so it was very is a very bizarre scene I mean pretty much like everything else in the game but it was weird it was like communicating with her but it seems like she took our blood sample to possibly give it to the child when we were leaving which would essentially kill it because BTs can't be in contact with our blood so I think she may have killed her baby that was already dead that makes sense so basically, sending her baby back to the other side. Not really sure 100% how it works yet. So I don't know if it's really killing. It might just be sending back. I don't really know. But for whatever reason, they go away when in contact with our blood. Very weird. But now we have a zip line. <laughs> Long story short, now we have a zip line. And we have an updated Cupid. We have to go up a snowy mountain to get to I guess uh, to get to like the different areas and then get new data for our Cupid new update new software update it's basically a firmware update for our Cupid that makes I guess the chiral network a little bit more stable and not as crazy but so far what we did up to this point may have caused more issues so yay <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, is what it is, I guess. I mean, it's like, here you go, Sam. Everything that you just did just made things worse. Uh, thanks, I guess. But no, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, once again, you're damned if you do or you're damned if you don't. I mean, you have to connect people in here and then kind of deal with the consequences afterwards. But they basically said that, you know, all of this chiral matter and all this chiral density problems and instability could trigger another death stranding so you know there's that I mean we could be making things way worse than they already are so you know mama said not to worry about it and you know if mama said not to worry about it, I'm not going to worry about it <laughs> so but it's been it's been very interesting and very fun the story is taking a lot of twists and turns and I don't essentially know what is still going on really but I love it like I don't know what's going on but I love it and I am going to continue playing it and we'll have another update on that next week so yeah guys um I'm I'm pretty much out of gas at this point you know this is another rambling podcast our podcasts are probably going to start taking a little bit more of a normal shape here in the next couple weeks 
and it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be weird talking with people again and not just myself and not just you guys. So I'm ready for it though. I got this. I'm ready for it. I'm ready and it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm really excited for it. So if you guys have the ability to go write an Apple podcast review, I would greatly appreciate it. Whatever you're feeling, if you hate the podcast, tell me how much you hate it. Probably get a kick out of your response and I will apply whatever you say. Uh, I'll keep it in mind and try to make the podcast better. If you guys love this podcast, well, that's awesome too. A five-star review would be amazing. And really just you know, let, let me know that you're here. It gets lonely on the other side of this microphone. Very lonely. Well, guys, until next time, keep on keeping on. <laughs>